Welcome to Flowcast. I'm Sister Beth Murphy, producer for this podcast of the Dominican Sisters of Springfield, Illinois. I'm happy to welcome three Dominican associates who will share their wisdom about the difference prayer makes. Vicki Schmidt is a retired executive director of an international faith-based women's community. She's recently completed certification as a spiritual director and lives in Springfield. Michelle Sisson-White lives in Columbia, Missouri, where she is active in her parish and says her daughters and grandchildren, Bible study, and outdoor activities like rappelling and kayaking make her happiest. Nancy Armstrong recently retired from a 30-year career in perinatal nursing and says she is waiting to hear where God calls her next. Nancy is a certified spiritual director and a certified practitioner of healing touch, and she lives in O'Fallon, Missouri. I hope you enjoy their conversation. I'm Vicki Schmidt. I'm a Dominican associate from Springfield, Illinois, and I'm happy to have Nancy and Michelle here to have a conversation tonight about how does prayer change us. So I'd just like to get the conversation going and and see what you have to say. Michelle or Nancy, how has prayer impacted your life and changed you? Well, I'll start uh, then, uh, Vicki. I'm Nancy, and I just want to thank you for this opportunity to um, share with folks about prayer. And maybe I could start by saying, what is prayer? What, uh, how do I pray? So very simply, I will say that for me, prayer is a conversation with God. And so as a, a friend, a friendship, you have conversations with your friend. Well, God's my very dearest friend. And so I have conversations and talk to him all the time. But I also have to remember that a friendship means that I also listen. So, so that's a little challenging for me sometimes. But part of my prayer is the listening to God and trying to be open to that. Um, so... But that's that's how I'd sort of like to start uh, my discussion on on prayer. Well, wonderful. That's it's a wonderful thing to focus our life on, isn't it? Just really a beautiful way to to live our lives and and with a focus on that prayer. Yeah, Michelle, how about you? Well, I was going to say that I agree wholeheartedly with what Nancy just said because it is a friendship. It is a conversation. And sometimes you just kind of get fussed at. You got, (laughs) I have definitely had some moments when he and I have been kind of fussing back and forth. He's instructing me something I need to do. And I'm going like, seriously, are you, you're really asking me to do that? Oh no, you can't be, you're joking. You're pulling my leg. It's like, no, I'm not. I'm telling you what to do and I need you to do it. And so, yeah. I found it's better when I listen and just comply, but sometimes the ask can be sort of extreme, or at least how the person, how I was sitting at that moment when he made that ask. So it was very extreme to me. So this is God asking you to do something or you asking God to do something? Oh, that was God telling me to do (laughs) something. That's what that was. (laughs) Sure, sure. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, sometimes people question, it's like, well, how do you know the voice of God? You know, because we always hear that it is a 
a still small voice, or maybe it's in the wind, it's in the leaves. And I'm very nature-based. So I feel that. I can feel him in a breeze, uh, the scent of a flower, the rustle of feathers, uh, feathers even, or, or leaves. However, he can make his presence very known when, at least for me, when it's like, no, I'm talking to you. You think about thunder sometimes. Or I think of my grandmother going like, really, Shelly, what did I say? <laughs> the voice of authority there. Yes. Michelle, I think you make a really good point that we can see God in so many different ways, that uh, nature certainly one. But uh, for me, um, I see a baby. <laughs> I hear a laughing child. And uh, that, that's God speaking to me or revealing himself. And so isn't it different for everyone that we all have our own special connections uh, with this, this God of so many faces, of innumerable faces that uh, we have? Yes, and you know, when, when we believe in the, that our creator has created this environment, this world in which we live, it's not so hard um, to look at a flower or to just a beautiful scenery a beautiful lake, or, or just like you said, um, Nancy, uh, children laughing and playing, and know that that is that is a gift from God. What what kind of moments have you had? I know you mentioned that one, um, but what can you name a, an exact moment that that you were profoundly touched uh, in that moment by the presence of God? I would say that I I was have a background as an obstetrical nurse. And so it's so evident when a new baby is born. And for me, it's this, the cry. It's that first sound that that baby makes. It's like saying, here I am. You know, God has breathed life into me. And so to me, it's that, that first cry that I hear a baby that takes my breath away, that I feel God is, is speaking to me. You know, that friendship we talked about initially continues on, that God is speaking to me, and and then I try to respond by thanking him for praising him for this and thanking him. Many, many times my prayers are more of request, you know, hey, God, I need this or, you know, but I, I think it's really important. I try very hard to remember to thank him, especially when I'm blue or down in the dumps. I find that if I, instead of wallowing in that, if I can just look around and say, oh, look at all the many gifts that God has given me and be grateful for those things, all of a sudden, you know, that blue feeling that I have isn't so overwhelming. It's like, hey, look at everything that I do have. That uh, I try to remind myself that the prayer of thanksgiving is one that I try to remember. Gratitude, gratitude. Michelle, how about you? Well, as you were saying, gratitude, gratitude, truly, I thank him every morning when I open my eyes because that's not a given thing. It may sound a little odd because I work from home. I'm a remote worker and I actually pray over my keyboard before I start and give an offering to him my work for the day and that he guides me, that I show his love and mercy in all that I do. So those are the things that 
that starts me. And then I send messages to all of my, everybody on my team. I'm generally the first person in. And so I send little scriptures or just other little cheery things for the day. Something that has struck me in my morning prayers. And they all appreciate that. So I'm really happy that I'm working somewhere where it's not a problem that I do that as well. Yeah, that's a blessing, isn't it? Uh, that's that's one of the great byproducts of working from home. <laughs> Does prayer bring peace to you amidst your busy day? Yes, it does. It does often. Actually, I frequently, well, actually, I, I always pray prior to going into a big meeting that he guides. I prepare for the meeting, but that he also gives me additional insight as things can evolve within a meeting that you hadn't planned on. So I always pray prior to heading into those meetings and just prayer throughout the day. I mean, that, what is it? Uh, Padre Pia, prayer without ceasing. It's like, I, I always pray. Everything I do, I attempt to pray. It is a prayer is involved in it because my life is a prayer. I'm very much aware of that. Yes, it's it's essential for our daily walk, isn't it? Yeah, I um, when I think about prayer, I think of, of I can't imagine walking through my day without prayer, and it doesn't always mean that I sit for twenty minutes and meditate, but it's that I that in my daily walk, no matter what I'm doing, that I'm walking in the presence of God, and that whatever comes my way, that I'm I'm willing to be present to it and to give myself to it. And I hear that coming from both of you. Does that ring a bell for both of you? It's not about what your day is like. Yeah, Vicki, I, I really like hearing this from both of you because um, I, my day has starts with that morning offering because I don't know what the rest of my day is going to be, especially when I was in the workforce and going to the hospital. You never knew what was waiting for you. And it was not like I would have time to say, oh, okay, here's a crisis. I better stop and pray about it because I need to figure out what to do. You don't have time. And so it was that morning prayer that said, God, help me and be there. This is the prayer for the whole day, that whatever comes my way, the decisions that I make, I am saying now it's because I put it in your hands. And that gave me great confidence and comfort in knowing that God was walking with me all day because I invited him to, to be with me during the day. And then at night, I thank him and say good night. <laughs> Let me have a good sleep now <laughs> because you've been with me. But even even the, the action that you were engaged in was a prayer because you're giving your whole heart to that situation. I think that's that's a beautiful way to to look at who we are and how we interact with the people that God sends our way. Michelle and Nancy, can you share uh, something about your journeys in prayer? Was prayer always natural and easy for you or did you have to learn it? And then, and how did you learn it? And who, who was, who taught you prayer? For me, prayer was always natural. It's always been a part of my life from my mom singing, my grandmother singing, my grandmother's, you know, different things. There, there was scripture, there was prayer, there was just joy in all of it and thanking God for what we have. The beauty of the day, the sun, uh, the rain, because they had on my dad's side, 
my grandparents were sharecroppers for a part of time, as well as my grandpa was a pastor. So that brought a lot of prayer into everything. And when I got old enough, I learned, I had to, had to audition for it because my grandmother had a, uh, had a team that chopped cotton. And so she would let the grandkids on it if she felt that, you know, if they met, they could meet the quota, if you were strong enough, if you could do the work. So we would try every summer. She'd test us out to see if we were ready. And we were so happy when we were finally able to. But, um, and there was a lot, there was a lot of singing that went on as we worked. You had a lot of spirituals. You had just a lot of scriptural prayers. That's just all, that's, it's always been part of my life. Just always. I can't begin to say anything other than that. It's just always been there. It has developed as I've matured and gotten older. Music ushers me in frequently into my time of prayers. And then there are times at mass, it's the Eucharist. It's, it's the sun. I can remember a, a one moment it was before it was, we had different kind of chalices and the way we had a sunlight and the ray came down and just struck the glass as father was holding it up. And it just brought tears to my eyes because I could just see God's love and the sacrifice that Jesus had made for us in that moment. And that just brought even more to me. And apparently I wasn't the only one that it struck that way because everybody that was sitting in my row was in tears. (laughs) It happens sometimes. It's really kind of crazy. Someone brings a friend to church and they're going like, wow, you guys, you guys cry sometimes. It's like, yes, the emotion. It is just the overwhelming love of God uh, that comes through the entire mass and in the prayers that we say and in the songs that we sing. And it's just feeling of community and oneness. And that's all I can say. It's just very much so. It's It's just my whole being. That's beautiful, Michelle. For me, I would say that prayer has always been a part of my life because of the examples that my parents have set for me. And as I have gotten older, I have seen the Bible showing Jesus gives us the example. I mean, before he uh, chose his apostles, he went up on the mountaintop and he prayed before he made that big decision. And I think, wow, that's, that's an example for me to follow before a decision. Or like Michelle was saying, before meeting to say a prayer, before the passion, before he was arrested, Jesus was in the garden praying. Uh, so that example is something that I look at. But at a real personal level, uh, I'll talk about my mom. When Whenever we couldn't find anything, Mom, I can't find my shoes. Mom, where's my purse? Mom, pray, say, to, say a prayer to St. Anthony. And so guess what? St. Anthony would always come through, you know, somehow that was an answer to a prayer. He was our intercessor. And so at a very, at a very basic level, a very simple level, we knew that prayer worked wonders. I'd like to share a story of, of my father. He um, was a very quiet man, poor guy. He lived with his wife and four daughters. 
So it was very difficult for him to get a word in edgewise. But when daddy spoke, you listened. You knew it was important. He had been in World War II at the uh, Battle of the Bulge, but he never spoke of that. He just never talked about that. In 1990 and 1989, excuse me, he came to Virginia to visit me and my family. He came downstairs and he said, my prayers have been answered. And so I'm listening to my father, a few words. That was the year that the Berlin Wall came down. And he went on to say that when he came back from World War II, Father Bertel, the family priest, had asked everyone to please pray for the conversion of Russia. And my dad said, I have prayed every day since I came back from the war for the conversion of Russia. You know, God doesn't answer our prayers as soon as what we would like, but we must be faithful. We must continue to pray. And, you know, God's time is not my time, but my, my job is to continue to pray. So those, those, are, those are how I've learned to pray, watching my mom and my dad, hearing what the scriptures say. And as Michelle was saying, over time, my prayer life has deepened, it has changed, it has evolved uh, until it has become much, a much more deeper relationship that I have with God now. I just don't ask him to help me find my keys. I have lots of things that I pray to God about. It's a beautiful story, Nancy. And I can tell it's a very heartfelt story as well. So thank you for sharing that. So I just in sharing um, my own experience of prayer is that, you know, I started off very young with, you know, the formal prayers of the church and uh, what we learned in catechism and like, like many of us. And, and yet I knew, I just knew that someday my prayer was going to be different and because I was always restless with it. I mean, later in my teens, you know, I began to experiment with meditation and in, in simple ways, in simple ways. And, and as I got older, it just, it evolved into, as I said before, a daily walk with God. And I've, I've had some really powerful prayer experiences over the years. And one in particular was I was visiting uh, Taizé in France, and it was about six months after my father died. Taizé is a place in France um, that was created by Brother Roger Schultz back in the 1945, after the war. And he wanted it to be a place of reconciliation. We were sitting out in a field having a, a scripture study with an international group of people. And I don't know why I turned around. It was a beautiful field, wildflowers, and it was just a beautiful setting. And for some reason, I, I felt called to turn around. And I saw my father walking with my sister. And he was, he was very emaciated when he died. Um, he had Alzheimer's. And he was, he was in that emaciated state. And I, I turned, I turned back to the group and, um, a few minutes later, maybe 20 minutes later, 
I turned back around to look in that direction again. And I saw my father healthy and walking with my sister. It was as if they're, they were actually walking in that field. And, and I was, uh, Teze is a very emotional experience. It was for me. I, I'll never forget that moment. I really felt that he had come to tell me that he was okay and that he wasn't in pain anymore. And, uh, and I, I'll just never forget that, that moment. Very special. Vicki, I might want to share another experience I had with prayer. That was lovely. Thank you. One time, um, a dear friend of mine had uh, two young children, and uh, it was winter, and her little three-year-old had wandered out onto the, the pond, and the, the ice cracked, and he, he fell in. The other child came in, and Mary was able to ascertain that something was the matter, and she went out and was able to retrieve her child, and not knowing how long he'd been under water, she called the rescue squad, and they brought him to the local hospital. She called me from the hospital and said, can you come and pick up the other child, the, the one that had not drowned? And I ran down and got the little bow from the hospital and was aware of what was going on. And as I was driving home with Bo, I was praying so hard. And I remember where I was to this day on Route 7 outside of Dr. Rogers' house. And I remember this wonderful peace that overcame me. It was just like I was enveloped in that peace that it was all going to be okay. And I didn't know what that meant. I thought, oh, does that mean that the child has died and gone to heaven and everything is okay? Or does that mean that there's been a miraculous cure, treat? And it was that. Basil survived and is now a thriving young man, father. I just remember that power of that prayer and that the, the peace that came with it was, uh, was quite, quite incredible. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God that he was rescued and saved and there were no uh, repercussions from that. Michelle? When I was feeling that was powerful, I, I am so thankful that you shared that. My experiences, there's, I've got two out there, but th there was one similar to the, not quite like that. That was an instance of someone that was going through some physical trials, as in health-wise, and they thought they would die, and a mutual family member called them out of the blue to just say they had been praying for them and that God wanted them to know that the, the hard challenging part they had gone through was done and that they would be better. And they just needed to accept and continue doing treatments as asked and continue prayers but that they would be okay, that they were not going to die, but they would be okay. And that turned out, doctors didn't quite know why things were reversing sort of kind of like they were. So that worked out nicely that way. We knew God's hand was on all that. Another situation I can think of <laughs> comes back to me having 
hard discussions with God about some things, fussing at him, like, are you serious? You want me to do this? It was a situation where someone that had hurt me terribly, um, I was asked to place that individual on my prayer list. And I'm just kind of like, really, are you serious? And so our, we went back and forth about that for a while. And so it was just fine. It was like, fine, fine. I'm putting them on the list. Then washed my hands. It's like, then he came back and says, now you need to move them up the list. It's like, what? He's on the list. Why are you doing this? At any rate, long story short, he got to the top of the prayer list, stayed there for several years. And then slowly God says, you can move them down now. You can move them down. And then finally he was off the list. And in all of that time, I realized after the fact that I had healed in the process of praying for this other individual, that it hurt me. And that's what God was wanting. It's like, I can heal you. You can grow through this. And what I would simply say then would be that we should always be receptive to how we hear him and listen. And prayer is always worth it because we benefit from our prayers. When we're praying for others, we're benefiting as well. I remember Mother Teresa saying that God speaks in the silence of our hearts. So how very important that that we zip it <laughs> so that we can actually hear what God is trying to say to us. Well, what would you say to someone who wanted to start to pray now? What would you tell them? I, I would suggest that we think of, of God as a, our dear friend, as we'd said earlier. And why don't you just sit down and have a cup of tea and just talk with your dear friend and then listen to your dear friend. So it doesn't have to be anything real fancy. We have lots of prayers that you can find in prayer books, rote prayers, and they're all beautiful. But just a conversation, just a uh, and as Michelle was talking about, you know, fussing, you want to fuss at God, you can do that because he's a dear friend and you can expect that he's going to, he's going to be honest with you. I mean, friends do that. They tell you things that maybe are painful, but that's because they love you. And so that conversation can also be one of challenging, gives you struggle, but you know, you're not alone, that your friend is there with you. So I would I would just say that prayer can be just a basic conversation, just a good heart-to-heart -heart talk, and not only talking, but listening to. Well, I have to agree with Nancy on that. That is a big thing, being receptive, just talking. He's a friend, and he wants us, he wants us to talk to him. He wants us to have conversations. He listens to us, and then he gives a little advice like an aunt or an uncle would, or a father or a mother, you should never be afraid to talk to him because he's always there. He, he already knows. He's waiting for us to come to him so that he can help us. He knows the things that are in our hearts. He knows the things that we struggle with. We just need to come to him. You know, it really wasn't until I accepted that Jesus was my brother and believed that that I could believe that, that God was present in my life. Because it's, it's hard, you know, when, we, when we're growing up, we think of God as this man with, with white hair sitting up in the clouds. 
um, you know, judging everything that we do, but, but really God, God is Jesus as our brother. And that's where we build the relationship is with the historic man and the whole historic triune God that lives within us. So it's a, it's a powerful journey for all of us. And I think, um, I would try to tell someone that they're about to start a journey with one of the finest people they could ever imagine and that he never disappoints and that spirit of God never disappoints. I had a, uh, read a, just a quick quote from father Richard Rohr yesterday. And it's, and it's very appropriate here. And he said, Prayer is sitting in the silence until it silences us. Choosing gratitude until we are grateful. Praising God until we ourselves are a constant act of praise. Yeah, I thought that was a beautiful, beautiful reflection on prayer. There's so much that's going on in this world that I think we often feel helpless. And instead of feeling helpless, I think prayer can be a wonderful answer. And I, I listened to what Padre Pio said. He, he says, worry, no, I'm sorry. He said, pray, hope, and don't worry. Worry is useless. God is merciful. And that helps me feel like I am doing something for this messy world. I'm praying for it. And there's power in that. And uh, so that, that gives me the hope. I'm so glad you brought that up, Nancy, because I think that's on all of our minds, especially the night before election. You know, what a crazy world we're living in and how could we ever sustain ourselves without a life of prayer? It's, it's just, I can't, I can't imagine living without it. <laughs> and I know, I know neither, neither of you could either. Uh, Michelle, any final comments? The first one, it was a song I kind of found by accident the other day. And I found it prior to going to Mass. And we were having a uh, charismatic Mass last night. And this song just had me in tears. Uh, and it's because it speaks to me as a, as a woman, as a mother, as a sister. And it just was moving and something that the scriptures that are tied to it just make you, it, I passed it on to a lot of people. I said, it's 11 minutes long. Don't start it. If you got anywhere to go and make sure you have a box Kleenex near you. <laughs> oh yeah. The song is on that little playlist thing. It's a long one. Just a couple of excerpts, excerpts out of it. Just the, the first one moving in would be perfect because it just kind of speaks to it. So yeah, that's, uh, and again, music speaks to me a lot, ushers me into, into my prayer time even more so, but it was just one because it pulled all the scripture things in. I have this fascination with the women in the Bible and especially those from the Old Testament. They were powerful women and I don't think they always get the credit that they should, uh, but at any rate, that was that did, that it just truly had me in tears. And that would be one that I would have a lot of people listen to. Even gentlemen can listen to that one, but it really speaks uh, to women. 
and to the uniqueness of us and how God went about selecting Mary to be the one that would bring his son into the world for us. So, yeah. Michelle, I, I agree with you. The power of the presence of God in music can move us in, in unbelievable ways and fill us with the sense of being surrounded by the Holy Spirit and totally in tune. Uh, I, and, I, and I love those moments. And, and I, I would imagine a lot, of, a lot of our fellow Christians and Catholics uh, feel the same way. So I, this has been a really wonderful conversation about prayer. And I, I appreciate so much Michelle and Nancy and, and what you've brought to this podcast. It's, you know, we never know how the words that we share in a simple conversation like this can touch another life. And so I think, I think we, offer, we offer this time that we've given in the hopes that it will touch someone. We've had an opportunity to explore prayer in, in different ways and um, talking about what is prayer, what is our understanding of prayer. Michelle, I loved it when you talked about fussing with God, <laughs> um, that we have those moments where, where we're just angry and that we need to be very demonstrative with God in different moments of our lives. And it's good to have those conversations. And then we talked about the journeys that we all shared, that we walked through our entire lives. You know, how did we begin to pray? How did our prayer grow and change over time? And then we closed with, how would we tell someone how to pray? All beautiful reflections to consider. I just want to thank you, Michelle and Nancy, for the depth of your sharing, um, personal stories from your life that tell others exactly who you are. You, you have both been a witness to, to the holy, and I thank you. There's one, um, another quote. I keep it on the bottom of my computer, so I, I have it memorized now. But it's by Brother David Steindl-Rast. And he says, it takes only a slight shift of emphasis and the point of aloneness in dynamic stillness becomes the point of consummate union. I read that many years ago, and it has it, it always reminds me that that I can bring myself into union with with God at any minute, any moment of the day. It takes only a slight shift of emphasis, and the point of aloneness in dynamic stillness becomes the point of consummate union. And the church says amen. Thanks to Vicki Schmidt, Michelle Sisson-White, and Nancy Armstrong. If you enjoyed this episode of Flowcast, please tell your friends and sign up to receive new episodes of Flowcast in your inbox every week at flowcastlisten.org. For the Flowcast team, I'm Sister Beth Murphy. Know that you are blessed.